When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome. Hope everyone's having a great and prosperous week, the the sustainable way. Again, uh, Chris Salem, your host for Sustainable Success Radio Show. If you are new to Sustainable Success, uh, you could also join us on Facebook at Sustainable Success 2017. That's Sustainable Success 2017. Uh, Come by and check us out so you can find many of our great guests from the past sharing their wisdom and insight to help not only scale your business, but also take your personal life to another level. Again, uh, go to Sustainable Success 2017 on Facebook and feel free to let us know who you are and uh, make some comments. We'd love to engage with you and uh, provide any information that could help you in your business. Uh, Today's show is going to be sponsored today by Social Wow Factor Conference. So that is Social Wow Factor Conference. So this is an event that joins top leaders, experts, and executives from around the country that will be coming to the Tampa area from June 27th through the 29th. There you're going to be able to interact with top leaders and experts and executives uh, in terms of seeking out their strategies You'll be able to maybe obtain any breakthroughs in your business and also a great way to network. You can check them out at socialwowfactor.com. That's socialwowfactor.com. And if you are interested uh, in speaking last minute or sponsoring or exhibiting at the event, uh, you can contact Orly Amor at Orly, O-R-L-Y, at Orly, O-R-L-Y-A-M-O-R.com. Or call 917-515-6803. Again, that is also available on the uh, show description today. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to send us a message and then also via Facebook. Today, we're going to be talking about gratitude strategies for business and for life. And I love the word gratitude. It's something that I incorporate into my daily life. And our guest today is going to be Lisa Ryan. And before I introduce her, I'll give you a background about her. Lisa is an award-winning speaker and author of 10 books. Lisa works with their clients to develop employee and client engagement initiatives and strategies that keep their top talent and best clients from becoming someone else's. Lisa's expertise includes strengthening workplace culture, improving employee engagement, increasing customer retention, and in initiating gratitude strategies, which she calls gratitudes. And we're going to learn about that today for both personal and professional transformation. Lisa's participants enjoy her high energy, enthusiastic delivery, and quick wit, and they leave the session with ideas that they are committed to acting on immediately to make positive workplace culture, culture changes. Lisa co-stars in two films with other experts, including Jack Canfield of Chicken Soup for the Soul, She is the past president of the National Speakers Association, Ohio chapter, and holds an MBA from Cleveland State University. Without further ado, we welcome Lisa Ryan to the show. Lisa, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. Thanks for having me here. Oh, it's a pleasure. And I, you know, we, we've, we've talked before and we, you know, I love that we have so much in common and how we look at, 
you know, you know, using gratitude, you know, in terms of building relationships in the workplace. And obviously this could apply to even entrepreneurs or anything, even in people's personal lives. So this is why I I think today is going to be such a great show that you're going to be delivering some great wisdom today. Before we, we get into gratitude strategies for business and for life, let's just talk a little bit about what is the term, this is your term, gratitude, if I'm pronouncing it right, gratitude. Where did that come from and what prompted you to come up with that term? Well, it started with my own gratitude practice that I started with some friends. I had been wanting to be a speaker for a long time, but never knew quite exactly what I was supposed to talk to talk about. You know, I had a career in sales, and I really didn't want to speak about sales. I had done some network marketing, and same thing, not a whole lot of interest. And when I started this gratitude practice, I had so many results from it that I knew basically to the core of my being that this was supposed to be the message that I was supposed to bring to the world. Because the thing is, gratitude is uh, it's easy to do. It's also easy not to do. And when there's such simple strategies of looking at life, of the everyday that we have, the blessings that we have, it makes a huge deal. As far as the... As far as how it came about, it was kind of funny. I was um, talking to one of my good friends who's a marketing guy here in Cleveland, Dick Clough, and we were trying to figure out the name for my company because when it started out, it was actually called Appreciation Strategies. So I was Chief Appreciation Strategist at Appreciation Strategies, which is quite a mouthful. (laughs) So Dick and I were... (laughs) We were putting together all kinds of words, you know, taking gratitude, taking thankfulness, taking all these words and trying to mush them together and find out, you know, create some kind of word. And we were doing it for, I don't know, two hours or so. And finally, I looked at him. I'm like, dude, it's five o'clock on a Friday night. I have a date with my husband. I got to go. So I left him there, but his brain continued to process. So Scott and I were out to dinner, and Dick called me. I'm like, did I just not leave you an hour ago? And he's like, it's gratitude. <laughs> he's like, it's gratitude. I'm like, oh, my God, it's gratitude. And I looked at my husband. I said, Scott, it's gratitude. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, <laughs> so thankfully, um, you know, just that, that power of the mastermind with two brains just coming together with Dick and I, um, you know, it, it just happened. And as soon as he said the word, I knew it because it was easy to explain and it really summed up everything that I do. Yeah, I could see that, you know, like, you know, you know, gratitude, strategy, uh, you know, appreciation, pre- appreciative, all those things can be tied into that. And, and it just flows. And it's, you know, it's just and it's something simple that people can remember. And I and I can relate to your excitement about it, too, because I know that, you know, for I went through something similar about five years ago when when the term prospeneur woke me up out of a dead sleep and I couldn't go back to bed for the rest of the evening. And mm-hmm. I was downstairs Googling prosper and newer this, prosper this, and trying to see if that term was used in any way. And I couldn't find anything, but I still had to get a trademark lawyer to look into it. And obviously it checked out and now I, now I own it. But uh, I think it's a great term and, and it Obviously, I mean, it did it, you know, from when that term came about, did it kind of set a different direction in terms of what you were doing or just solidify what you planned on doing? 
it really solidified what I wanted to do, but the path has kind of had some um, ups and downs because when I first started talking about it in 2009, I think it was a little bit ahead of its time. It's like corporate America wasn't quite ready to take a look at you know, gratitude and employee engagement, you know, and and appreciation and all of that. They were really focused on this whole concept of employee engagement. So I had to switch the languaging for a while, exact same concept, but I had to change the language to employee engagement to put it in terms that companies would understand and that they would pay for and then bring those same concepts in. Because the nice thing about your gratitude strategies is that not only does it work in business, but it works for us personally. And when you can start personally, you know, and bring that better, more grateful, happier, more positive person into the workplace, then we can, then we complete the cycle. And that's why it's so important to start with that foundation of appreciation instead of just jumping right into the workplace and expecting to engage your employees with no foundation of gratitude of your own. No, it's so true. You know, and I know a lot of people, obviously, you know, gratitude is so important. You know, it really keeps us, everything in perspective, keeps us present, and it really, you really can appreciate, like you were talking about before when you said you were a chief appreciative officer, or chief appreciation officer, that that we could really be grateful and appreciate the things that we have, and knowing that there'll be even even better things going forward as we commit to, you know, our, our values and our beliefs and our, those habits and disciplines and so forth. So talk a little bit about, you know, about gratitude when it comes to employee engagement. Talk about why this plays such an important role more than ever today, because now we, I think, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, you know, in the workplace, depending upon the size of an organization, there are different generation types, right? You know, there's, you got your Gen right. Xers, Gen you know, Millennials, Gen Zers, now you got baby boomers. And in some cases, I remember I trained New York PD last year. They had traditionalists still on board. I mean, they were like my mom and dad's age. So uh, it was, uh, so there's all different types. So talk about why that's so important. Well, it really comes down to that basic human connection. And it really doesn't matter what generation you're in. There's a quote Mother Teresa said that we are more starved for appreciation than we are for bread. No matter what we um, think of, you know, no matter how we're wired from a generational standpoint, we still want to feel that we matter. And coming into the workplace, particularly today, we're basically in the United States, we're pretty much at full employment right now. It's an employee-centered market. So if employees aren't feeling connected to the organization, if they don't feel that they're valued, if they don't feel that they're taken seriously, they don't feel that they're, they matter, they can go down the street. And they may actually take less money to go down the street to, to work with an organization where they feel that, that the company appreciates them. Yeah. So for the managers that are still under that guise of, well, why should I thank them for doing their job? I mean, that's what they get paid for. That doesn't work because we have to just take that step back and look at the everyday, catching your employees doing things well instead of always trying to, quote, unquote, fix what's broken. We, we're changing the, the conversation to one that's more positive and appreciative. 
No, you're you're so right. I mean, it, it you know it used to be you know I came from sales too, and it used to be like it was all about money, money, money. You know that that was the main driver that kept you motivated and keeping working hard to achieve and exceed your goals. But you're you're seeing now more than ever. It's that the simple recognition of being you know being acknowledged and and th- and being thanked for your efforts and and being praise that is actually even th- that that goes over a longer way with them than just money in itself. Would you say that would be the case? Absolutely. When you ask managers what they think is the number one motivator for employees, they always say it's money. If we just keep throwing money at them, you know, they will be happy and they will stay. But if you ask employees, a lot of times compensation after you pay a fair wage, of course, doesn't even show up in the top five. We're talking about company culture. We're talking about leadership, recognition, appreciation, opportunity for growth, the opportunity to give back, to see the greater picture, to contribute to something that's greater than them. All of those are placed higher than money. And again, this is not saying that, oh, you don't have to pay your employees, you know, you just thank them all the time. No, <laughs> there's, there's the, the livable wage that we all want and need to survive, and there's that additional human connection that we also take into account. <clears throat> One of the um, studies that I've I like a lot was done by Marshall Lasada, and he took a look at teams and how they communicated with each other. And what he found on a high-performing team was a six-to-one positivity ratio. So what that means is that for every one negative comment that a person on that team would hear, they'd hear at least six positives. And it wasn't always like, "Oh, yay! Everything you do is so good." It was that's a good start of an idea. You know, let's build on that. So it's more respectful communication. On an average performing team, that number drops in half to three to one. So they're hearing three times um, more positives than negatives. But this is when you're at a three to one ratio, that's basically barely surviving. Your employees are rowing the boat just quickly enough so that it doesn't sink. They're not doing any extra effort at all. But on a low-performing team, and a lot of times these are the ones that managers focus on because they're trying to fix what's broken. You know, it's a point three to one positivity. So three times more negatives than positives, and for some reason they think that this is a good idea. It's not. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Negative reinforcement is not not the answer. No question about it. And there's so many studies on it. I mean, not only in the business world, but I mean, you can even look in the fit. What you look, apply this to families, and then just personal situations. So you know, I I, I, I want to get more into this. We we only we're going to have about less than four minutes here, or three and a half minutes before the break. But maybe we can start and get, and pick up after the break. But what would be some of the things that if somebody is a manager or a you know supervisor or they're an executive or maybe they, they own the company, you know, maybe they're an entrepreneur and they own the company and they have a certain amount of employees, that type of thing. What would you recommend would be the process that they could go about to make a shift towards using gratitude strategies, you know, to 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 you know increase performance? And, uh, and sure. of course, employee engagement. 
Well, first of all, if they are out of practice, they want to start with what I call the apology approach, which basically means, you know, you go up to your people and say, you know what, guys, I have not been letting you know how much I appreciate you and the work you, you do around here. I'm going to make a conscious effort to change that. Because if all of a sudden, out of the blue, a manager says thanks, the employee's going to be like, ooh, he's never said that to me before. What's he want? You know? So we have to start to change the conversation, but looking for catching people doing things well and being specific because what gets recognized gets results. Sometimes in my programs, people say, you know, she expects me to thank five people a day. I write, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and that's it. Unless there's that specificity of, you know, Sally, thank you so much for taking care of Mrs. Smith. She was really upset. You know, you calmed her down. You really have a great way with customers. Now, Sally knows that not only is she being acknowledged for good work, she knows specifically what she did well, and she knows that her manager is paying attention to her. So it's the specifics of catching people doing things well that really start to make the difference. And the fact that you're paying attention and you're looking for the good instead of always trying to beat up for the bad, you, over time, you will absolutely change your company culture. So true. And, and which, you know, again, we have, we have about a minute and a half to the, to the break, but I mean, would you consider that, you know, like, you know, this is a process. This is probably something that, you know, it's, it sounds like when we say it, it sounds so simple and it should be so simple to implement. But the reality is there's different people. People are at different phases of where they are in their lives. A lot of times they bring that into the workplace. So talk about like a little just to briefly like summarize that, you know, maybe typically what would that process be time wise, you know, for some for something to see changes. Well, I always encourage people to start with themselves with some kind of gratitude process. Um, you know, I talk a lot about the gratitude journal. There's several different practices that we can talk about after the break. But yeah. when a person starts to see the power of gratitude in their own lives and they have a better relationship with their spouse and with their kids and they can take a look at the everyday average of what's going on in their life and find things to be grateful for about that, that, then it's easier to take that person into the workplace and find it with the people who work for you and with you. But there's got to be a foundation. There's got to be something that you're doing first to start to develop that habit. And like with any habit, it takes yep. time to do. Well, wow, that's powerful. I love the fact that you use foundation, and that is so so important, something I use in my practice. Again, we're with uh, Lisa Ryan. She is an expert, again, in the uh, gratitude strategies in terms of employee engagement, performance improvement in the workplace. Again, uh, we'll be finding more about where to find Lisa a little bit later in the show, but we'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. 
The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. I think we're today we are discussing today gratitude strategies for business and for life. And our show is being brought to you today again by Social Wow Factor Event. So that's Social W-O-W Factor. Again, you can find them at SocialWowFactor.com. And again, the event is going to be June 27th through the 29th in the Tampa, Florida area. Again, check it out. There's still time to register an event. This is going to be great for any of you that are leaders in your field, either for corporations or in your own companies, including if you are an industry expert and an executive. Again, um, if you'd like to get up more information on possible speaking opportunities to sponsor or exhibit at the event, you can contact Orly Amore. That is Orly, O-R-L-Y, at O-R-L-Y Amore, A-M-O-R dot com, or contact is uh, by phone is 917-515-6803. Okay, we're coming back here again with uh, Lisa Ryan. So Lisa, we, we were talking a little you know, more about the concept of gratitude. We talked a little bit about how important it is to introduce and implement gratitude into the workplace to improve employee engagement. We kind of left off where you were talking about journaling, you know, and this is something that really is true to my heart. And I know a lot of the audience that is, you know, listens to the show on a regular basis has heard me talk about journaling many times. Talk about your concept of journaling, why it's such an plays an important role when it comes to gra- uh, gratitude. 
Well, there's two different types of journaling. And the funny thing about journaling is that one of my programs, I mentioned the gratitude journal, and there was a woman in the audience that kind of got in my face, and she's like, what do I need to give up to add one more thing to my already full plate? I'm like, first of all, (laughs) breathe, that would be good. But I said, you know, this is talking about giving up two minutes of sleep. Okay, we're not talking about something that you're going to be journaling on for, you know, hours and hours at a time. It's waking up and uh, before your feet hit the ground in the morning, you write down five sentences, starting with I am grateful for and adding some detail. People will ask me, does it have to be different all the time? And it's just adding some detail, because if every day I wrote down, I'm grateful for my husband, I'm grateful for my cats, I'm grateful for my house, it gets really boring. But if I said, I'm so grateful that Scott cooked a great dinner last night. And I'm so grateful for watching Big Bang Theory with two of my kitties sitting on my lap. You know, so it it allows you to experience that feeling of emotion. The nice thing about the morning journal of doing it first thing in the morning is you can actually be grateful in advance. For example, you know, I couldn't write down, I'm so grateful that I rocked the presentation today. I'm so grateful I had a successful client meeting today. Because what it does is it sets that positive expectation for the day ahead and we go into our day looking forward. Um, Now, some people are concerned because, well, I don't have anything to be grateful for. I'm going through a terrible time right now. My life is horrible. It's got nothing to be grateful for. You start where you're at. And if you're going through a dark period right now, you know, just think about things like when you flicked on the light switch this morning, did electricity happen? Okay. That's something to be grateful for. Do you have running water, a warm bed, a car that works, or reliable transportation, or just all the things that we take for granted? So gratitude does not have to be, yay, I won the lottery. Yay, I met the love of my life. You know, all these big things. When we get into the habit of looking at what we normally take for granted, the everyday gratitude, now, the, the nice thing, people will also ask me, well, do, I'm grateful all the time. Do I really need to write it down? And the answer is yes, and here's why. Because, number one, you have a lot more senses involved when you're writing it down. You're feeling the pen in your hand. You're seeing the words on paper. You're hearing the words. But the other thing is sometimes you wake up and you are having a day, and you're not in a great frame of mind. You can just turn a couple pages back and remind yourself of the things that you have to be grateful for. It also shows you that journal gives you evidence of the ebbs and flows in life that we all have. So one of the best ways to start the day really is that gratitude journal. You can also do an evening journal. I call it the WINS journal, W-I-N-S, in that before you turn the light off at night, look back on the day and write down five good things that happen. A lot of times this is the more difficult of the two journals because if you've had a really horrific day, sometimes it's hard to find those five good things. But if you make a habit of doing it, you can. And research shows us that people that have a regular practice of gratitude are actually awake less time before they fall asleep. They sleep more soundly and they awaken more refreshed. So when we look for ways to count our blessings instead of counting sheep, it also helps us with one of the things that probably none of us get enough of, and that's sleep. 
That's so true because, you know, you think about it, you know, you, you, you know, a lot of people discount well-being. And when I talk about well-being, I'm not just talking your physical wellness, talking, you know, the eight pillars of wellness. I mean, there's emotional wellness, there's how you relate to people through social wellness, financial wellness, and so on and so on and so on. And that being said, you, you made an interesting point here that, you know, people have to take accountability for this themselves. You know, if they're going to, if they're going to you know, empower people around them. Let's say they go into the workplace. What better way to do this in the morning? Because it kind of sets the stage. It's the, it's the, it's the time of day when you wake up where you're going to have the most clarity before you start getting into your day and all these things start to kind of, you know, pop up and then, you know, cloud your judgment. But if we're able to, you know, journal and, and, and kind of get that out, it kind of gets us clear and focused for today. Would you say that this is also a, a, a great concept for when it comes to performance improvement, not only in somebody's life, but in business, that this could play an important role in that as well. Yeah, absolutely, because it does give us ourselves that sense of accountability that I'm taking responsible for the things that I have going on in my life. And even if, you know, in the workplace you either have somebody that is that horrible coworker or you have that, you know, real pain subordinate that reports to you and you just can't stand this person. If you start to challenge yourself to find one good thing about them, you might be saying, Lisa, there ain't nothing good about that person. Okay, if you had to find one good thing about that person, what would it be? (sighs) Okay, she wore really cute shoes yesterday. (laughs) But what it does is it changes the energy. Everything that we do with our thoughts, we change our energy. And by taking accountability for how we feel, now that person still may, um, you know, they still may be a pain, but over time, we change the relationship. One of my favorite stories a client shared with me is that there was a woman at the company, and she was like that toxic, horrible person that worked there. Everybody hated her. She hated them type of thing. And then she had a tragedy happen. Her husband dropped dead of a heart attack, and she was left with three small children to raise. So everybody in the office was coming up to her, oh, I feel so sad. Is there anything I can do to support you? How can I help? Oh, you're in our thoughts and prayers. And as they were reaching out to her, she was like, huh, these people aren't that bad. And as they were reaching out to her and getting to know her, the people in the office were like, wow. She's actually pretty nice. And over time, she became one of the most beloved people that work in that office. So sometimes it's that moment that either creates that negative experience or that positive experience. But when we take accountability ourselves to change our energy around somebody who's perhaps not our favorite, over time, that relationship can change too. And of course, that will help the workplace to be even more positive as well. You made a great, great point there with that 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 that, that story. I mean, because it just illustrates it. I mean, it's I could see it right now, right in front of me. You know, a lot of times people are conditioned that in those situations that they expect that person to come turn around you know she's not pleasant to be around but you know you know she should try to figure this out and find ways to to relate to people better so we at least we can have a functional working relationship so it's they're passing on their expectations about her onto her but she may not be in a place at that time like you said that she's capable of doing that for whatever reason it could be it's personal 
But if we take responsibility and accountability to take the higher, you know, the, you know, like the, you know, the, high, uh, the, you know, the, the higher path, so to speak, that we can then, you know, be come from gratitude that we may be able to empower her to feel comfortable to maybe change over time herself. And I think that, like, would you say that, you know, if 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 organizations begin to understand that, or people, you know, are get trained on that, that they you know, the more people that get, start to get it, that could start to have a ripple effect in the organization. Yeah, absolutely. I had wow. one of my clients just recently, and he was talking about the different generations in the workplace, but his whole attitude was, well, why should we have to change as an organization? They're the new people coming into the plant. They should be the ones that change. And it's like, mm, no, that's not the way it works. Yeah. <laughs> We change together, we adapt together, we look for the good, for the important, for making people feel valued and connected and you know, contributing to the organization, but it's something that, you know, you're not giving, it's not a 50-50 split in a relationship, in any relationship, it's we both give 100% to that relationship. We're not relying on someone else to, you know, fulfill us, to complete us. We are already complete, and we allow others to be complete as well. Oh, God, that is music to my ears. I love it because you're just describing how you're shifting from codependent environment to an interdependent environment. So, so true. God, I love that. So, you know, you think about it, that concept that you just described I mean, this is where you, where you see, like, if we if we were looking at a, a sports, like, you know, I love football. This is what separates teams that win each each and every year, the ones that go to the playoffs, the Super Bowl, versus the ones that don't, because they're able to adjust and make these modifications from the top down, bottom up. It's not viewed like, hey, this is this is our philosophy. You have to adjust to this. That doesn't work, and it's so true. And it's so that if organizations begin to really understand that, they can they can start to see these changes. So, Lisa, what would be some you know other specific practices of gratitude that could improve the relationships other than what we talked about? Anything else that you might want to elaborate on? Well, first of all, the power of the handwritten note. When you tell someone you appreciate them, you create a great memory. But when you write it down, you create a treasure. And it doesn't have to be some kind of long, drawn-out, sappy note. It can be, you know, one of your best tools in the office is the Post-it note. Goodness knows we have them all over the place. But a smiley face on a Post-it note given to the right person at the right time, what you're doing is you're looking for reasons to give people tangible evidence of a job well done. Um, I was speaking at one um, at, at, at lunch and learn and you know a vendor had given away pads of paper to everybody and I was just talking about the five people that you hang out with in your life those that you know uplift you and those that don't and just challenge them to think about those top five people that they spend the most time with and put a plus sign by the people that uplift them and a minus sign by you know the people that discourage them and you know we, we talked about that and one of the gentlemen at the table took that, you know, he had four other people sitting with him, and he just wrote a plus sign on four pieces of paper, and he handed them to each person. He said, you know what, thank you for being a positive influence in my life. Thank you for uplifting me. Thank you for being here today. And I did not know this conversation was going on, but this woman raced up to me afterwards, waving this piece of paper with a plus sign on. She's like, I got a plus sign. 
it meant nothing to anybody else, but in that moment, it was a moment for her, and it was a moment that she treasured. And I tell you what, that little piece of paper with a plus sign on it went into her wallet, and probably when she's having a bad day, she can take that out and have that tangible evidence of a moment that somebody appreciated her. Uh, when I was in the welding industry, we had the CEO or the chairman of the board of the company. So he was way, way on top of the pile when it comes to, you know, the leadership there. And when I would have a good month, Bud would actually write on my commission statement, congratulations, Lisa, great month. He didn't have to do that. And I didn't care if his secretary gave him a pile of paper with people that had exceeded their goals that month. The fact that Bud took the time to write that note, to make it personal, and to congratulate me, those were the notes that to this day I still have. We create moments through the handwritten note. And for people that say, well, my handwriting's horrible, well, get over it and print. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Give the note. It's like if they could at least make out something, you're halfway there. So I think it's so true because <laughs> exactly. when you think of handwritten, it's so personable. And, you know, because, again, it shows, like you said, somebody took the time. You know, they, they, they thought about it. They picked up a pen, pencil, whatever the case may be, to write this personal note to you. And, and like you said, that moment just goes a long long way. And I think, you know, if companies begin to understand that, they'll see that that is truly a more sustainable approach to, you know, increasing employee performance than just saying, hey, you know, here's a here's a, a pot of money that you can win. Let's see who competes and can get it. You know, that that's right. going to be short term. I think it's so true. We have about a um, we have about a, a minute uh, to the break. So, so I wanted to sum up, you know, maybe just like some, you know, besides the handwritten note, just some real quick, some, you know, some of the ideas overall that can really, you know, really go a long way to appreciate other people, in, in this case, customers or employees. Uh, for employees, the all about me sheet. Um, figure out an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, a survey monkey, do something, but find out your employee's favorite candy bar, favorite hobby, favorite $10 gift card, you know, the things that they like. So that way, in the moment when they're doing something well, if somebody's favorite candy bar is a Snickers, and you give them a Milky Way, it's like, okay, it's Milky Way, you know, it's chocolate, it's good. But if you give that person a Snickers bar, they might not even remember telling you that that was your, their favorite candy bar, but something in their brain says, huh, they're paying attention. They know what I like. So very little money, but very specific, very personal, and that all-about-me sheet makes a huge difference. Ah, powerful, powerful. So again, folks, if uh, you are just joining us or joined us on the second segment, we highly encourage you to listen to this this show today on demand, which will be available later today. As again, Lisa has shedded some, some key insight and wisdom here, setting the stage to build the foundation for gratitude in terms of strategies that you can interact in a more positive way. Uh, with people, whether if it's in a personal way, in the workplace, or if you run your own business with your customers and people that work for you. So again, we highly encourage you to check it out uh, later today here, not only on the Voice American Influencers channel, but also at Sustainable Success 
2017 where you can download it as well. Again, uh, uh, we're going to be coming right back after the break, so we have a lot more to come here. Gratitude Strategies for Business and Life with Lisa Ryan, and we'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795 or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. If you're just joining us again, we're here with Lisa Ray. We're talking about gratitude strategies for business and life. She is an expert in terms of working with organizations, in terms of employee engagement, building a, a sound and positive corporate culture. Uh, again, our show is being brought to you today by Social Wow Factor, and that's an event that is taking place in the Tampa area, June 27th through the 29th. Again, if you'd like to find out more information on attending to meet some of the great experts and executives that will be present or you're looking to possibly speak there or exhibit, go to socialwowfactor.com, socialwowfactor.com, or contact them at 917 917- 515-6803. That's 917-515-6803. Uh, 
So, Lisa, I, we were we were finishing the, the on, before the last break talking about the importance of appreciation and how that can really start to shape the culture in a corporation or any size company. So, we were talking offline in between the, the segments here. Talk to us a little bit about the six steps to build cultural appreciation in the workplace. Sure. Yeah, I'm an acronym girl, so usually when I'm giving any type of program, there's some kind of acronym involved. But the one that I use for my keynotes and other programs is THANKS, because when we look at the THANKS process, we can really look for ways to create that culture of appreciation in the workplace that makes our employees want to stay. So the T is for building that foundation of trust. Uh, we talked about that a little bit in that sometimes we use the apology approach, um, taking responsibility that this is a change that I'm doing. Uh, you know, you go to a conference or a seminar, instead of coming back with 22 different ideas that you want to implement immediately, stick to one. Get that one down because your company culture didn't happen overnight and it's not going to change overnight. So when we bring in one idea at a time that we stick to, that as a leadership team you're committed to, you build that trust. And transparency also goes along with that. You share the good, you share the bad, you know, of what's going on, making that leadership approachable. The H is how do you help your employees to be better tomorrow than they are today? And this is by investing in them, by investing in personal development, professional development, and also changing the conversation around training. Training is not punitive. Uh, you know, you're screwing up, I'm sending you to training. No, I'm making an investment in you and changing that conversation. I was speaking at one event, and I asked, you know, how do you invest in your employees? And a woman raised her hand. She said, we give every employee $1,500 a year to invest however they want in personal or professional development. And you could almost see the heads of the the accounting managers exploding, you know, as they're doing the math. It's like, oh, my God, we have 500 employees. How are we going to do that? It's like I asked her, how many of them take you up on it? She said 3 to 5%. Wow. And the people that take you up on it, 3 to 5%, those are your emerging leaders. Those are the people you pay attention to. Yeah. So you are offering a benefit to everybody that only a few people will actually take advantage of. The A is what we've been talking about all along. How do you applaud, appreciate, acknowledge the people that work for you? So catching them in the act of doing things well, saying thank you, sending notes, sending notes to them at work and at home um, so that you're just creating that connection of appreciation and helping your employees feel valued. The N is how do you navigate that work-life integration? You know, since the invention of the smartphone, we are on 24-7. We spend more time with people in the office than we spend with our loved ones at home. So how do you build those relationships and bring some fun into the office? You know, no, it's not happy, happy, fun, joy, joy all the time. But, you know, what Gallup found in actively engaged employees is that they have a best friend at work. It's much easier to quit a job when your best friend works there. So when you take the time to do things together, you know, to get to know each other personally, to really navigate or nurture those relationships, 
that helps to create a more positive culture. The K is to how do you get to know your employees. And again, we touched on that with the, um, the All About Me sheet. Now, the All About Me sheet, this is not a standard form or anything. It's something that you can look at. Um, Harvey McKay, actually in his book, How to Swim with the Sharks Without Getting Eaten Alive, that was big in the 80s, as you know from your sales career, had the McKay 56. And Harvey would go through, over time, 56 questions that he would get to know his customers. You can figure out the same for your employees. But like I said, a lot of times it's just, you know, favorite hobbies, sports teams, candy bar, gift card, you know, figuring out what they like so that you can get to know them as a person. You know, knowing them by name, walking through the office and saying, hey, Bob, hey, Mike, how you doing? Wow, he actually knows who I am. There's something magical when management, particularly in the larger corporations, smaller companies, hopefully you know everybody by name. And the S is to serve. How are you serving a greater mission? Um, I had one of my clients when I spoke at the um, school the, it was the uh, Spring Manufacturing Institute. So these are the people that make springs, and we know that springs are in everything. So, okay, they're making springs. How does that contribute? What one of the guys did is he would actually take a spring that they were making, and he would have a part of the week, and he would put it up on a poster, and he would show exactly where that spring went, what life-saving piece of equipment it is was on, what, what bridge, what building, what, whatever it was that he showed that, you know what, you're just not making a little tiny part. You're contributing to something that's bigger than you. This might come down to doing volunteer work together, Habitat for Humanity, um, you know, getting together as an organization and serving something better. Employees are looking for purpose. So if it's only about the big dollar, if it's only about making a profit, then the connection is not there. But if you're able to show how your company is contributing to something that's greater than your organization alone, employees will benefit from that. So we build trust. We help our employees. We acknowledge and applaud their efforts. We navigate that work-life integration. We get to know people, and we serve a greater mission. And that is how you keep your top talent from becoming someone else's. Oh, that's fabulous. And I think any anybody that runs a company or it works for a business unit um, listening to this, take take you know, take notes here. Even if you go if you even if you gotta go back to the edited version on demand later today, please go back. I think this is so important because if you look at onboarding expenses for companies, uh, Lisa, I mean I would expect that it's probably one of their largest expenses or or close to it. You know, with, well, with if they don't have this type of strategy. Well, and onboarding too. The, the companies that do it actually have six have a sixty two percent higher retention rate than companies that don't. And onboarding yeah. starts even before the employee starts. You know, do you allow them to get the paperwork done before their first day, or do you make them sit in a basement office filling out mounds of paperwork and being ignored by everybody that works there? Um, one of my clients said that they have a welcome sign at the front desk when that new employee walks in. They have a welcome reception for them, so bagels and coffee, so everybody in the department can get to know the new person. You know, we look for ways to connect from day one 
because for the first couple days, that person, that new employee is with you, they're considering, am I still going to be here two months from now? I don't know. So it's up to you right off the bat with onboarding and doing it correctly and building those connections right from the start that can also make the difference for that new hire. No, it's so true. I mean, this has got to be proactive. This is a strategy, right? You know, this is all part of gratitude strategies, and and that is not a reactive type of strategy. It's a proactive. So it's so true, and in the and the results long term are just profound. I mean, um, I mean, I've seen this uh, even on small cases of people I work with, and you know, it's just a matter of scaling it. So it's so true. Um, anything else that you would like to talk about, you know, about, you know, you personally and what you're doing in this space? We have about four minutes till the end of the show, Lisa. I wanted to make sure we had some time to talk about some things that you're incorporating. I, you know, you talked about thanks, and that's something obviously you do using that acronym, you know, when you're out there training uh, organizations. Anything else that you would want to elaborate that you think would be important for the audience to know here in terms of appreciation or gratitude in general? There's lots of different ways to do it. It's just finding one that works and sticking to that, but also being willing to change so you're not, you know, doing the same thing and it gets old over time. Um, one of my newest books that came out is called Manufacturing Engagement. It's 98 Strategies to Attract and Retain Your Industry's Top Talent. But what that has in it is there's 98 different tips, one tip per page. Um, is it going to be appropriate for every company? No. You adapt it, you adopt it to specifically what you need in your organization. Even better, you know, find an, put together an employee experience team and let them choose things from the book to start to implement. Take all of that engagement off of your shoulders and allow other people. So what I can do for your audience Instead of having to go to Amazon and buy it, which you can do all day long, I'm good with that, but if you send me an email to lisa at gratigy.com, L-I-S-A at gratigy, G-R-A-T-E-G-Y.com, and just put manufacturing engagement book in the subject line, I will send you the PDF of that book. Because we talk about this, you hear it for an hour, it sounds good, then life happens again, and everything goes out the window. But when you have a resource that you can go back to, and you can try things, and you can see what works, and you can have some fun with it, you know, that's when real change starts. It's finding some things that uh, you know, and, and not always having to come up with everything yourself. There's so many tools out there. Manufacturing engagement happens to be one of them. It's my, my favorite book because, of course, it's my newest book. <laughs> but I will happily share because I've really just enjoyed yeah, my time yeah. with you today and with your audience. Uh, Lisa, we can't thank you enough. And please, I know you mentioned your email before, but any other contact information where people can find you, your website, where perhaps you're going to be speaking next, and any information here in the last uh, minute and a half that you can share with us? Sure. My website is lisaryanspeaks.com. So L-I-S-A-R-Y-A-N speaks.com. Um, my, the nice thing about my, uh, my email address is that when I respond, all of my upcoming schedule is actually in my email signature. So you can see where I'm speaking next oh, week. Fabulous. I'm in Nova Scotia. Um, in June, I'll be in Denver and Vegas. And um, where else am I going to be? Florida, I believe. So 
it's yeah, it, it's a continuing process. But I work primarily with associations and then with management and leadership teams to help to create the culture. So if that's something that any of your audience members are working on and would like some help and guidance and an awesome speaker, I'd love to have that conversation. Absolutely. So again, please check out LisaRyanSpeaks.com. Again, you can check her out. She has a book. Go to Amazon, but Lisa, go to her website and get a wealth of information on how she's serving organizations in terms of employee engagement, uh, employee performance, incentives, and all that type of stuff. Check her out. And again, she's a great speaker. So if you are looking for a speaker for your next industry event, you want to check out Lisa. Again, we want to thank you, audience, for joining in each and every week uh, to Sustainable Success. Again, we each and every week, we have the promise that we bring in credible uh, experts that I have a vast array of knowledge in their areas of expertise to share with you to help scale your businesses, but also your personal life. And we will see you next week. And we wish everyone here a happy Memorial Day weekend. And again, uh, next Thursday, we'll be back at the same time. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.